Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Let's jump straight in. Tech Guide. This was a real effort to push into that growing consumer space, very competitive space in Australia. It does give the user plenty of options, whether you're working or viewing content on the device. Keeping you updated and educated. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. Knowing Apple, you just don't know what to expect. Tech Guide. They've gone from taking an excellent device and they've made it even better. It's had a redesign inside and out. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide episode 191, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer news, products and opinions. Thanks for listening once again, thanks for downloading once again and thank you for joining us you first time listeners. My name is Stephen Fennick, I'm the editor of techguide.com. On this week's show, we take you through the new products just announced at the Apple event, which is just wrapped up in Cupertino. Government bans unsafe hoverboards, and Jared Haynes speaks at his old school about online safety. We also take a look at the new Hisense ULED TVs, Epson's new Mavario BT300 augmented reality smart glasses and we check out the latest cases for your smartphone and we'll wrap things up with the tech guide help desk and it's all brought to you by netgear australia's number one brand of home wi-fi products and norton the company to help keep you and your family safe online plenty to get through so let's jump straight in Well, Apple has just wrapped up its event in Cupertino, the event that saw the announcement of the iPhone SE. It's a new four-inch iPhone, and also the introduction of the iPad Pro 9.7-inch version. Uh, Tim Cook took the stage at the town hall in the company's headquarters in Cupertino, and he opened up the the event by talking a little bit about privacy, uh, as you know, the there's been a little bit of a back and forth between the U.S. government and Apple about whether they should have a back door into the iPhone to look at the contents of an iPhone that was used by a terrorist uh, in an incident after an incident in California. Tim Cook has been fighting against the government and trying to put forward the notion that. Your iPhone is your property, and it should you should be entitled to to full privacy. So that encryption should stay there for all time, rather than there having a, a master key to access it. He he did speak about that only for a short time before leaping into the new devices that were introduced. Now the rumours were all true, and the first product they announced was that iPhone SE. Now this device looks a lot like the iPhone 5S. It still has the same four-inch screen, as well as having a uh, an, an updated processor. It's actually got the same A9 processor as the current iPhone 6S. So you're getting a smaller device at a more affordable price, uh, but still with those with those top specs, uh, including the 12 megapixel camera, uh, which also allows you to shoot 4K video. Uh, it also has the live photo feature, which allows you, uh, whenever you take a photo, you can it captures frames before and after you actually press the shutter. So you, when you look back at it, it's like having a little movie. Uh, the, that processor is uh, really impressive, actually. So if you want to play games, keep up with all the latest apps, 
that A9 processor is going to do a great job for you. Uh, it's also got an updated Touch ID, so you can secure your device with a fingerprint. That fingerprint, too, can also authorize payments in the App Store and will also be available uh, the SE iPhone SE can also be used to make Apple Pay payments as well. Once uh, it is also, it's already here. Uh, if you're paying through American Express, and it's set to expand to other cards as well. Now, the iPhone SE will be available to pre-order from March the 24th, which is this Thursday, and it will go on sale on March 31. But what about the price? They will start at $679 for the 16 gig version and $829 for the 64 gig version. Uh, Now, in terms of the design, uh, as I said, it looks a lot like the 5S. Uh, It has a a slightly different uh, edging, sort of got matte chamfered edges. It also has the the same look as uh, with the logo, sort of the stainless steel color matched logo on the back of the device. It's available in the colors that you would expect, silver, space gray, and gold, and also rose gold for those who uh, who like that new color as well. So that goes on sale March 31, and Australia will be among the first countries in the world. We are in the first wave of release for that device. Now, this this really this ticks the box for those people who who don't mind a smaller device, who don't really want a massive device to carry around. Four inches is still very popular. Apple says they've sold tens of millions of four-inch iPhones uh, just in the last year, and they want to continue to support that market. They did say a lot of people's first uh, smartphones are a four-inch iPhone. Uh, other people's first iPhone, they may have switched from Android. That four-inch size is also very popular. It also ticks the box for those people who who want a more affordable iPhone. The the iPhone 6s and 6s Plus uh, over a thousand dollars. So starting at six seven nine, this really puts it in that mid tier, that super mid tier as well, uh, where a lot of a lot of users are situated. So I think it's going to be a bit of a worry to other companies that are playing in that space. Now suddenly there's an iPhone they're competing against. It's going to be uh, really interesting to see how it performs. Now, the other major product that was announced at uh, at this event in Cupertino was the 9.7-inch iPad Pro. Now, we saw the first iPad Pro introduced last year, the 12.9-inch version, and what was special about it was its, its screen, the Pro Retina display, which allows you to write and draw on the screen with Apple Pencil. This time out, You can get the iPad Pro now in a 9.7-inch version, and it does inherit most of the features or all of the features of the uh, the 12.9-inch version. It weighs less than 500 grams, and it's just 6.1 millimeters thick, which is quite impressive. But it does have that Pro Retina display. It does have a greater, wider color gamut. It's also got less reflection. Uh, They've managed to reduce the amount of reflection even further. Uh, it's also got the uh, uh, the updated iOS 9.3, as will the uh, iPhone SE. The features that uh, come with iOS 9.3 include a feature called Night Shift, which is a way for your screen once once it hits the evening, it actually changes the tone of the not the tone the the brightness the color tone of your screen. Uh, and and rather than it being sort of mainly the blue light, it it turns it into a warmer color. Reason for that is that there's been studies that, that show that that blue light 
can interrupt our circadian rhythm and actually make it harder for us to go to sleep if we've been looking at that screen. So now with night shift, uh, when it reaches a certain time of night, it does sort of give the display a warmer hue so that it doesn't affect you going to sleep. So it's going to improve your sleep as well. But back to the iPad Pro, the 9.7-inch device also has those four speakers that were found with the 12.9-inch version, and they're adaptable too. So no matter how you position the device, those scra- the 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 uh, speakers automatically adjust to uh, to suit the way you're holding the device. It's got the A9X processor as well, and uh, so that gives it a pretty uh, a pretty good performance, a really fast performance, as a matter of fact. And then Apple said that they found that the iPad Pro and now this new 9.7 inch version uh, could easily become laptop replacements for for many customers. Were were seeing these devices positioned against things like the i or the uh, Surface. Pro 4, other other Pro tablet devices that are being used by people as a tablet and as a laptop replacement on the move. These include those as well. The iPad Pro 12.9 inch version. It's going to be available uh, same time as the iPhone SE from March 31, and pre-orders do start from today. Pricing for the iPad Pro starts at $899 for the 9.7-inch version. Uh, it's available in three versions. Yeah, there's a 32-gig version, which is the entry-level price. There's also a 128-gig version and a 256-gig version, and those versions will also be offered in the iPad Pro uh, as well, the, originally it was only 32 gig and 128 gig, but now they've added that that bigger uh, 256 gig uh, version as well. So the uh, 9.7 inch, 32 gigs, 899, 128 gig is 1149, 256 gig is 1399, and the iPad Pro 32 gig for 1099, 128 gig for 1349, and that massive 256 gig version is 1599 dollars. The iPad Pro it's been really it's been embraced by uh, many users that they did quote on stage at the Apple event a lot of designers and people in industry who uh, are singing the praises of iPad Pro as it's it's changed the way their workflow and changed the way they do things uh, in terms of design uh, and and being able to jot down ideas uh, and updated designs on the move so if you're into the iPad Pro, it's going to be available March 31. And if you want to read about everything we've spoken about, the iPhone SE and the iPad Pro, as well as the updated iOS 9.3 features, you can find them at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenning. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. All right. Now, um, hoverboards. They were quite a popular item. Still, still pretty popular, I guess. Uh, those self-balancing scooters uh, that they, they go by several names. A uh, little mini segways, I think I've heard them called. But hoverboard seems to be the most common name for these products. They're those two-wheel devices where you step on board and shift your weight forward. They move forward, shift your weight back, and they move back. I actually reviewed one from Three Volve. I uh, I reviewed their their hoverboard uh, back a few months ago and it was one of the hoverboards that was specially adapted for Australian customers. There were a lot coming into the country and a lot of those were subpar products which is what we're talking about right now and the fact that the government has actually imposed an interim ban on these unsafe hoverboards. Now 
the situation was this. Everyone, everyone saw this movement towards these products. Hoverboards were really gaining popularity. With Christmas on the horizon, there were a lot of opportunistic businesses that thought, we need to cash in on this craze. And that, that's what it was. It, it, it's not as popular as it is now as it was a few months ago. There were still, still a few people zipping around and still uh, popular among some customers. But the rush before Christmas was incredible, and a lot of companies jumped on board wanting to get these out into the market as soon as possible. There were only a few factories in China that were actually producing these products and shipping them out to the rest of the world. If you went on eBay, you could find these hoverboards as cheap as 200 bucks. And a lot of people were thinking, well, a cheap one's better than uh, an expensive one. And what they did, they bought those products. And for some, it was a not, not the best experience because what we were finding was that these inferior products were actually catching fire. The, the inferior lithium-ion batteries were, were failing, were exploding, and then resulting in a fire. Now, it's, it's like trying to run. Someone described to me the problem with, apart from the inferior electronic circuitry and the inferior batteries, someone described to me the issue. It, it, they said to me, it's like powering a lawnmower with a smartphone battery. The battery just couldn't handle it. So what, what was being pumped out of these factories were many inferior types of hoverboards. So as a result, the government stepped in and have put a ban on some of these second-rate boards. They've even gone so far as to name the companies that are on the recall list. So for the moment, uh, the government has asked customers to check if their board is actually on this banned list. And that if they are, they need to contact the retailer or the manufacturer where they purchased the hoverboard, check to see if it's actually been tested to meet our safety standards. We've got very strict safety standards here in Australia and with good reason. Now, under Australian consumer law, you have the right to a refund if if you find your hoverboard on this list. Uh, And if a retailer cannot confirm if their hoverboard has met the safety standards, then you are still entitled entitled to get your money back. It's very important for people to check this list. Uh, it is a comprehensive list, and it does include some devices bought from reputable companies, from reputable stores. Like For example, there is the Moonwalker electric balancing scooter that was once sold at Big W that's part of this recall list as well. So what I suggest you do is to head over to Tech Guide and check out the list that we've put together and uh, just to check to see whether your hoverboard is on this list. If it is, then uh, we suggest stop riding it, stop charging it, and plan to get a refund because uh, it's not worth taking the risk. We've seen cases where not only they've made some pretty colorful YouTube videos of hoverboards just bursting into flames, but we've heard of cases where hoverboards have actually burst into flames in people's homes and, and burnt half their house down. Now, uh, God forbid that that results in someone dying in a house fire. So it's not worth the risk. Check out that list at Tech Guide. Look, hoverboards, there are still plenty out there that are, that are that are still acceptable, meet our safety standards. Uh, I did mention 3Volve, uh, friends of ours here at Tech Guide. Uh, they, they, at the time, were seen to be the more expensive brand of hoverboard. Uh, I did describe them as the Mercedes-Benz of hoverboards for good reason, because they were slightly more expensive. They were a far superior product, 
they did go through plenty of testing and optimization so that they would meet Australian safety standards. And as a result, they're still in business. Uh, a lot of these other, other fly-by-nighters, these other companies, tried to make a quick buck, and the result is not a good one. And if anyone has fallen victim to one of these companies, then we suggest you check that list at techguide.com.au and make sure you get your money back. We're big sports fans here at Tech Guide, and we love following the rugby league. We also follow the American football, and that includes following the adventures of Jared Hayne. A short, quick story. I played footy with Jared Haynes' father, Jared Haynes' dad, Manoa Thompson. I can remember him uh, turning up to South's training. I played with him at South's our first year in grade, 1988. I remember Manoa turning up to training and telling the boys, my girlfriend and I just had a baby and we named him Jared. And that was Jared Hayne, born back in 1988. Well, he's gone on to bigger and better things. He's got become a superstar at the Parramatta Eels, but decided to drop everything and take a massive gamble and head overseas and try his hand at the NFL. And what a story it is. First season in, made the roster at the San Francisco 49ers and showed that he uh, does have the ability to make a name for himself in the NFL. Now, uh, he has become also an, an ambassador for Norton. Uh, it's talking to school kids about online online safety and cyberbullying. And he happened to actually drop into his old primary school out at Campbelltown, the John Warby Public School. Uh, big shout out to all the students out there and the teachers. He visited last week. He spoke at the school assembly uh, and was talking to the student body about his own online experiences and how he uses the internet now to keep in touch with his friends and family back here in Australia. But he did point out the fact that uh, cyberbullying is an issue, and any parent listening to this really, uh, I think it, it's it's in your best interest to really listen to your child, to ask them how they're doing and if there's anything going on online. Because back when we were kids, so bullying only occurred during between nine and three. If you were unlucky enough to be a, to be bullied at school. Well, that nowadays with the internet, bullying can happen 24-7. And unfortunately, we've seen some pretty sad consequences of this continuous bullying. So it's important for us to step step in and, and, and speak up if we're seeing something like this happening, if it's whether it's happening in real life or in person uh, or, or online, I should say. So I think that uh, Jared is a great example, a good a Norton ambassador to, to get that message across to kids. He's a bit of a hero, not a bit of a hero, he's a massive hero for those young kids out at uh, at Campbelltown, as as he is to other school kids around Australia as well. So he was telling kids that uh, that, that obviously cyberbullying is not on. It's a very nice thing to do. It, you know, the on, online should be have a positive impact on your lives and not a negative impact because the internet's there to stay, whether we like it or not. So best to make the to make the best use of it by doing the right thing. So. I applaud Jared Hayne. Well, good use of uh, Norton's great ambassador to choose there. Uh, he, he's someone who has obviously made a name for himself here in Australia and also in the US. He's starting to make a name for himself in the NFL and is someone, a very recognisable figure for these young kids, these young impressionable students who hopefully are, are hearing the message and st- speaking up if they are witnessing some cyberbullying and, and standing up for themselves if they are actually the victim of a bully. So best talk to your teachers, best talk to your parents, kids uh, and parents. Keep an eye on them. We, we, we do want them to, to use the internet for good. We don't want them to be a victim of all this stuff. Uh, he was actually speaking at the school on the National Day of Action Against Violence and Bullying, which was very appropriate. He handed over some of his uh, new Jared Hayne gear. 
and uh, some of his merchandise, his hats and T-shirts and things, and also handed over an American football to the school principal. You want to read all about that story and hear what Jared Hayne had to say, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Have you got Netflix? Well, what you need is a Netgear Nighthawk X4S modem router, and it'll take your gaming, your movies, and streaming to the next level. With M-U-M-I-M-O, well, that's, that's short for multi-user, multiple-in, multiple-input, multiple-output, and quad-stream technology, you'll enjoy faster speeds, reduced buffering and lag, and simultaneous streams to all your devices, so there's less waiting for your favorite movies to load. And with increased range from four Four high-powered antennas and amplifiers to increase coverage, dependability, and performance. You can enjoy smooth streaming all summer long. Visit netgear.com.au to learn more. Now, we've heard of all the big uh, TV brands, your Samsungs and your LGs and your Sonys, but... There's a new brand on the horizon that's actually, uh, they've actually become the number three brand here in Australia, and that's Hisense. Uh, they're a Chinese brand that are really going places. They've just introduced a new range of TVs, 4K TVs, that are using their new ULED, ULED technology. It's not OLED. It's ULED, so it's using the similar LED system with a backlight, but it is putting their own technology on board. In fact, the technology there is a result of 17 international patents, so they're saying uh, they've got among the most advanced TV technology on board for these new units. They're arriving later in the year in July, and I got a chance to have a look at them for myself. I was down at the Australian Grand Prix over the weekend. They were the official television supplier for the event and we got to see their TVs everywhere. They did hold a special event on the Friday night and unveiled this new 4K ULED range, which I've got to say was very, very impressive. Now, the U, we're told, is short for ultimate. So it's ultimate LED. And what I'd noticed, first of all, was that it had very, very impressive black levels. Black levels on an LED TV are very hard to produce. Trying to block backlights and local dimming, it's very hard to, to put that backlight away, uh, to tone it down so that the black is really black. Well, I'm happy to say that this new ULED, uh, the ULED TV from Hisense, achieved just that. And it was had remarkable black levels. As well as that, it had amazing detail and clarity too. The, they had 4K content streaming into these TVs and there was so much detail and it was so clear and so sharp. So a lot of detail that you pick up, whether it's writing or whether it's... Uh, detail in the background, trees and, and, and even textures of rock faces. We're looking at these sort of landscapes. It was truly remarkable. Uh, and, and obviously, too, for people who enjoy watching things like the Australian Grand Prix, that uh, does have also its own motion. It's, it's got its own motion technology so that it can play a really smooth picture, uh, whether you're watching sports. Well, the Grand Prix is a great example where cars are zooming by, uh, as well as being being able to watch things like action movies and things like that. It's the ultra-smooth motion 
that has virtually eliminated any judder. So the problem with high, high speed objects on a screen is that a, a pixel has to turn off and on and off again uh, in a very short space of time. If it doesn't do it fast enough, it leaves a bit of a trail behind. And that's what we call motion judder. Couldn't see hardly any on this TV, if at all, uh, which is a very impressive feat once again for an LED TV. So if you're into your fast, your fast sports like your rugby leagues and your Formula Ones and things like that, and you don't mind watching an action film or two, then the Hisense 4K ULED TV uh, it looks looks the goods. We're hoping to get the TV. In fact, we're planning on getting the TV to review. But for the moment, the, the short time we did spend with it, uh, we were very impressed. And another thing that really impressed us, apart from the technology and the amazing picture, was also the price. Uh, pricing starts at 1499 So it's 1499 for the 50-inch, 1999 for the 55-inch, 3499 for the 65 inch, 3999 for the 70 inch, and rounding out at the top end, 4999. That's a dollar short of $5,000 for the massive 75 inch. ULED TV. Uh, that uh, if you if you do an inch by inch for inch comparison, then that is going to come in a lot cheaper than those other brands, the other well known brands, let's say, but uh, still offering terrific value. And what I liked about the TV too, it had a really thin bezel too that you could hardly see the frame around the TV. It was almost non-existent. These TVs are going to go on sale from uh, mid May. They're going to be available through Harvey Norman, JB Hi-Fi, Bing Lee, and the Good Guys. And if you want to. See See more about these TVs. You can read my story at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. Well, Epson is a company we know for printers and projectors and other high-tech products, but there is another product in their portfolio that I've got to say is very, very impressive. There. They are what they call smart glasses. So it's a wearable device. These smart glasses offer augmented reality. Now, the Moverio BT300 is the new model we're going to see in Australia later this year. And what it offers, it has this silicon-based OLED, that's organic light-emitting diode digital display, that will allow you to see not only through the screen, but also see objects in the screen as well. So you could... For example, superimpose an object, uh, a digital version of an object over a real object. So whether you're describing something, whether it's a doctor performing surgery, whether it's a mechanic fixing an engine, uh, this is some of the applications that are involved. And it's already been embraced by uh, education, so research organizations like the CSIRO, University of Western Sydney, Monash University, they're all taking this technology aboard uh, and using it for their own purposes. That's the beauty of it. There's already uh, the development applications out there and companies developing new and interesting ways to use this technology. And the way we used it, again, this was down at the Australian Grand Prix. Epson was one of the sponsors of the Mercedes team. Well, we were lucky enough to be given a tour of the Mercedes garage. And how were we given that tour? Well, it was with the previous model of these glasses, the Maveria BT200. 
augmented reality smart class. So what we did, we were in the back of the garage. There were there was Lewis Hamilton's car in front of us, and not beside it was Nico Rosberg's car, and all the mechanics and everything else going on around it. They were building the car. We weren't allowed to take any photos in there, of course. It's top secret uh, technology under the hood there. But we were seated at the back of the room in front of some monitors, and we wore. We were asked to wear the Maveria BT two hundred. Now this is the model before the, the, the that's coming before the three hundred. Three hundred will be released later this year. But it was absolutely brilliant how this technology we used. So while we could still see through the glasses and see the garage in front of us, we were the, all this information was displayed in our eye line. So the history of the team, the boss of the team, uh, who does what, where they sit. So you could actually see those positions in the garage and then hear and see a description at the same time. Best example of, of the use for it in this particular case was when they were describing the Mercedes engine. I was actually looking at the engine on uh, on Nico Rosberg's car was right in front of me and what they did that in in the smart in the augmented reality uh, through the glasses this augmented reality digital version of the of the engine appeared so while I was looking at the real engine I saw this augmented reality version in my eye line and then the augmented reality the digital version then expanded into all its different parts and each part was described while I was still looking at the real thing so it, it, that really sort of brought home the potential for this product to be used in a variety of ways, whether it's for medical use, for industrial use, education. There's even a way with the BT300 of using it to fly a drone. So rather than you looking down at, at your screen, you can actually see what your drone is seeing and then look at your drone at the same time. So you can see the live feed through the augmented reality glasses and also see the actual drone itself. So no, none of this looking down at the control and back up to the drone, you can be looking at the drone the whole time as well as seeing what it is seeing as well. The BT300 Augmented Reality Smart Glasses, they are coming to Australia later this year. They've, uh, they've got, uh, they're powered by a 1.4 gigahertz quad-core processor. They've got Android on board as well. The resolution of the uh, of the OLED screen on board, 1280 by 720. That's through the silicon OLED screen. And it's got a battery life of about six hours. So uh, really exciting product, this one. I'm really keen to get my hand on it, just, just, just so I can use it actually flying the drone. There are cases where doctors have used these glasses to perform microsurgery. So rather than continually looking at the patient of what they're doing with the patient and back at a monitor and back again, they are still able to look at the patient all the time while in their eye line they're seeing all the information from their monitors so they don't have to look away. Yet another example, I'm really keen to try my hand at the uh, the Moveria BT300 just to fly the Phantom 4, uh, which I'm getting soon and we'll be talking about on the Tech Guide podcast. But if you want to read more about the Epson Moveria BT300, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Before we leap into the help desk, I thought I'd talk about some smartphone cases. These are smartphone cases with a difference. There's some EFM cases, and these are protective cases that use this special D30 material. Now, this material has a unique molecular structure. When it senses shock and impact, it actually locks all the molecules molecules together and disperses the energy across the breadth of, of its surface rather than 
it affecting one point. So with that in mind, that's an ideal, uh, an ideal type of material to use with a case. And what EFM has done is injected this material around the edges of their cases. There's, there's two models available. There is your regular uh, case armor. It's called the Aspen case armor, which has the material all around the corners. It's got a special structure. There's these pillars and air pockets so that if you drop your phone on the corner, uh, it's also got a ridge so that if it, do, it falls screen first, it's still protected. It will disperse the energy rather than you picking it up and seeing a broken screen. These are made for the iPhone 6 and 6S and the 6 Plus and 6S Plus. There's also another model which has a, uh, it's the wallet case. It's called a Monaco wallet case. It's got a, a magnetic latch so that you can actually cover the screen. On the inside of that cover is room for some credit cards, uh, picture ID, things like that. Still offers that same D30 protection. Uh, they, the EFM uh, cases are valued at $49.95 and $59.95 for the wallet case. So the regular ones, $49.95, available in a few colors, jet black, crystal, frost, violet, and mint. And the Monaco wallet case is also available in those same colors for $59.95. If you want to check them out, they're a tech guide. The other cases we looked at were from our good friends at Signet. This is an Australian success story, a company that's been making cases and accessories, doing really well on the world stage. They were created here, right here in Australia. They're based in Melbourne, as a matter of fact. And they were one of the first companies to release cases for the new Galaxy S7 and the S7 Edge. They used their, their TPU cases, so their soft silicon cases that uh, don't add too much bulk to these really sleek devices. They've also got these lips around the edges so that the screen is also protected. So it does form a bit of a rim for that face down protection as well. What they've also produced at Signet are some screen protectors. These are special screen protectors, OptiClear glass screen protection. Now the S6 has a flat screen, so that's not an issue. But what about the S7? It's got a unique curved screen. Well, they have a flex curve protector that will actually fit precisely the shape of the S7 Edge's unique screen. Uh, well worth checking out, and it is well worth protecting your investment, whether it's the EFM case for your iPhone or the Signet case for your Galaxy S7 or S7 Edge. These aren't cheap devices, so having a good case, uh, it's well worth it to protect that investment. You don't want to break it. You don't want to scratch it. You want to keep it in pristine condition for all time. If you want to check out all of those cases, we've written about them at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is also proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that helps keep you and your family safe online. And today, we live in a world where cyber criminals are working overtime, trying to find new ways to steal your personal information. The team at Norton is dedicated to keeping people safe online, no matter how they connect. So whether you're paying bills on your phone, shopping on your tablet, or banking on your laptop, Norton's latest internet security solution, Norton Security Premium, is working behind the scenes to keep your internet information, your identity, and your devices protected. It also comes with secure PC cloud backup, so you can back up and save your personal files, photos, and videos, and other memories that live on your devices. For more information about Norton Security Premium and how to protect your online life, go to au.norton.com. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. 
This week, our Tech Guide Help Desk, we actually got a uh, we got an email from Rod Breeze, one of our Tech Guide readers, and he's written, can you please advise the best virus protection for a Mac computer? There's a lot of people out there who think Macs are immune from viruses and these online dangers. Well, Rod is not one of those people. He's doing the right thing and asking about getting his devices protected. Uh, I've got to say that... It, it, any device that's connected to the internet, whether it's your Mac computer, whether it's your Windows computer, whether it's an Android device, an iPhone, any device connected to the internet is at risk. Now, a lot of Mac users are under this impression, and and yeah, like I, I've got to say that the number of viruses for a Mac are obviously a lot smaller, a lot less than a Windows computer. You got to remember, a hacker, a cyber criminal, are targeting the biggest possible audience and that happens to be windows users it's 90 percent of the world's computers run windows that's a massive massive target so apple computer users apple mac users are very a relatively small target when it comes to these viruses there are some out there don't kid yourself there are some some very well documented cases where macs have been infected by viruses but the other thing that you need to watch out for are things like phishing scams and other little tricky little little uh, things that cyber criminals and hackers are trying to do. Even even uh, setting up bodgy searches, uh, you trying to go to a website that may be ser- serving up malware. These are things that can affect computers, no matter whether they're a Windows machine or a Mac computer. So definitely, you need to get security for your Mac rod. Uh, whether it's an iMac or it's a laptop, uh, the thing with all these the uh, the security software, and we've got to give a shout out to Norton, one of our sponsors here. They're one of the leaders in in this area. They do have products that can that can uh, protect up to five devices at the same time. So you can have your iMac, your MacBook, your phone, your Android phone, your tablet. You can then spread them out, whether it's across your own devices or across the family's devices. Uh, that's a handy thing to do. But yeah, but apart from Norton, of course, who are, who are our sponsors here, there's also Trend Micro, uh, there's McAfee, Kaspersky, plenty of other options for you to try and have a sim- they all have a similar price structure and, and license where you can have multiple devices protected up to five devices. Sometimes some even offer 10 for a little bit more uh, for 12 months or two years. It's really up to you. But you have to have this. You have to keep it updated. Any device connected to the internet, whether it is a Mac computer or not, you do have to protect it with internet security software. I've written plenty about that at techguide.com.au, and it is worth checking out. And that's our show for this week. You can read about everything we've talked about at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, we'd love to hear from you. Info at techguide.com.au is that address. If you want to give me a shout-out on Twitter, I'm at Stephen Fennick, and that's the Stephen spelt with a P-H, or at techguideau. That's for the uh, our website as well. A special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and, as, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe on online. Thanks for listening. Been great having you with us once again. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.